all marketing is just a gamble. That's all it is. Not one of us knows exactly what's going to happen when they put a campaign on, even with the best data and insight in the world. But there are some very rich gamblers out there. You know, there are some people that understand where to put their bets. And that's because they've watched the markets, they've seen the stats, they do deep analysis of what they're gambling into. And that's exactly what marketing needs to be. And that's where the marketing operations team really sit, just understanding what's happening with marketing and then advising on the best way to execute it, the technology to use, the processes to make it efficient. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Market Mentors podcast. I'm Matt Dodgson, co-founder of Market Recruitment, and we connect B2B tech and SaaS businesses with marketers to help them grow. This week, we're joined by Carla Wentworth. Carla started her working life helping large companies with marketing operations before setting up her own consultancy, Vantage Clever. And alongside running her own MOPS consultancy, she's also the marketing operations expert and hive lead for B2B marketing. So lots to learn from. I hope you enjoy. So welcome to the Market Mentors podcast, Carla. Thank you. Thanks for having me. No worries. So before we get stuck into this one, I'd love to know what your relationship is with marketing ops. Okay. How long have you got? You know, we've got a timer on already, but let's start at the beginning then. So I've been in marketing operations my entire career. I haven't done anything else. And it wasn't a deliberate push into marketing operations. I kind of accidentally fell into it, as did most marketing operations people. But yeah, that's what roughly, or dare I say it, 25 years. I think I was 12 or something when I started or something like that. Anyway, <laughs> it's very different to what it is now. Back then, it was very administrative, almost factory-like, getting things out for big marketing teams. As technology started to emerge and things started to change, roughly 2010-ish, I started to help businesses with dynamic communications. And that's where modern-day MOPS started to feel like it was emerging a little bit. So after a stint of helping some large blue-chip businesses in the city, I could hear people talking about MOPS and I could feel the emergence of marketing operations coming, even people just asking, you know, quick questions around it. And it was at that point I decided to form a marketing operations consultancy. So that's Vantage Clever and we look after marketing operations. So process really, Lean Six Sigma, efficiency, re-engineering, all of that kind of stuff. MarTech, which as you know, is the 9,000 tools that are currently out there and integrating them and making that tech stack work nicely together. And then finally, transformation, which really is a consequence of one of either of those things. You know, you change your processes, you bring in a big piece of technology, inevitably it's going to change the business with training and adoption and things like that. So yeah, that's what my Vantage Clever does. And I'm also retained by B2B Marketing as their marketing operations experts. You're a busy lady, I'm sure. I think that's a marketing operations trait as well, is that, you know, it sleeves up and gets stuck in. Indeed. So what is marketing ops? And are we saying MOPS or marketing ops or does it not matter? Yeah, it doesn't matter, right? Is marketing operations abbreviated to MOPS? And you're going to hear lots of this, you know, MOPS, RevOps, yeah. lots of different DevOps, you know, it's just lazy people not being bothered to say the full name. But <laughs> here's the problem, right? Marketing operations is a definition that has not been written yet, which is why it's difficult, why people are asking the question of what it is. It's difficult to answer. Some people think it's MarTech. It's just technology. And they wouldn't be wrong because, as I say, there are probably more than 9,000 MarTech tools out there. So it's definitely technology. But some people think it's administration, you know, supplier management, paperwork trails, just driving efficiency through processes. And some people think it's insight, reporting, analytics. 
I believe it's all of that. I've said it a few times and I think I've said it out loud a few times and I was probably just being arrogant and I'll kick myself after it. But 80% of marketing is made up from what I believe is operational tasks. And that's all the way through technology and process and efficiency driving and insights right into your strategy. And then the 20% that's kind of missing is the sort of creative strategy. They're taking all of that information and saying, okay, here's a campaign that will really maximize on that and land that. So in answer to your question, what is it? It's a lot of marketing, but yet still to be defined. Yeah. And you talk about the sort of landscape with those. I think it's Scott Brinkers, isn't it? The 9000 MarTech tools. It is a very complex world in terms of available options. But why do you think marketing ops then is so important right now? So he made a job for himself, right? In 2011, there were just over 100 marketing technology platforms. And I can imagine them in a little room going, yeah, let's put these on a poster or something they can put on the wall. You know, fast forward, there's 9,000. Someone's kicking themselves somewhere. But yeah, Scott Brinker is a legend in all things marketing, but a great tool. So why do I think it's important? It's probably because it's happening and it's happening everywhere. Even having this podcast now, we were never asked to comment on podcasts a few years ago. Suddenly there's four, five, six of them happening that I'm contributing to. But I think if I could sum it up, into layman's terms, it would be dilution. So at the heart of it is dilution. And what I mean by that is even if it's technology, even if it's process, even if it's reporting and analytics, you have to have a specialist looking at that. Otherwise, and there are right now businesses up and down the world diluting the roles of their talented people because they're doing everything. Hmm. They're jack of all trades. And I've got a bit of an analogy that's probably going to take me a while to explain. So I'm going to go for it and you can edit this how you want, Matt. (laughs) It's a football analogy. I'm normally talking sort of white middle-aged men, so it fits in quite nicely. But if you've got a team of 11 strikers, it's going to be a really bloody ineffective team. (laughs) At the front, it might be good. At the back, it won't be. This is not rocket science. You need a strong defence and a great goalkeeper that's keeping you safe and making sure everything's happened. And then you need a midfield that are kind of building up and moving things forward and lining up your striker and that star striker. And the star strikers are your creative marketers, the people that really want to get those campaigns out there. Now, if you don't build a team around that striker or you put the striker in goal, are you David James or David Beckham, depending on how old you are? I don't know whether you'll understand that. but I do. But, you know, you kind of have to pick the role that you shine in and put people into roles that shine. So dilution, I think, is why it's so important now that when you've got a team full of lots of marketers, put them in the places where they shine. And inevitably, some of those are marketing operations. It's interesting what you say, because the role of a marketeer, I think, is much more tricky these days because you've got extra complexity. You've got data, technology, as well as all the other bits that we were talking about previously. And actually, those things don't necessarily go together sometimes. No, it's left brain, right brain. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it is. And you want people to shine in the roles that they do. And I've got so many examples. Yeah, I had a guy that worked for me who came in, great creative marketer. We brought him in to execute some amazing campaigns. And he spent three weeks talking to suppliers and trying to get them onto the preferred supplier list. And you just think, wow, this guy's failing in so many ways. But we failed him because we've diluted his talent. If I'm a tank driver, do you really want me to fly the plane? Yeah. So bearing in mind, we're sort of talking about building then a world-class marketing ops team then. What sort of businesses do you think should have a marketing ops team in the first place? 
I think if you do marketing, you should be considering operations period, not necessarily employing people, but you should be looking at it. But once you get to a certain size as a business, and by that, I mean a business that wants to produce effective marketing, that wants to understand how its marketing has worked, not somebody that's kind of doing it off the side of their desk and they think it's helping revenue somewhere. Once you really want to get into the data that sits behind your marketing and let it influence your marketing. Or if you want to automate some processes and get some time back and some resource back, that's when you need to start thinking about operations. And then particularly businesses that have large marketing teams already, you really do need to think about what operational roles are within that business and who's performing them. And another analogy that I always use is a gambling one. All marketing is just a gamble. That's all it is. Not one of us knows exactly what's going to happen when they put a campaign on, even with the best data and insight in the world. But there are some very rich gamblers out there. You know, there are some people that understand where to put their bets. And that's because they've watched the markets. They've seen the stats. They do deep analysis of what they're gambling into. And that's exactly what marketing needs to be. Mm. And that's where the marketing operations team really sit, just understanding what's happening with marketing and then advising on the best way to execute it the technology to use, the processes to make it efficient. Mm. So yeah, as soon as you start to get in that, I want to understand my marketing and I want to understand what works, that's when you need some operations. Makes sense. And I guess the first step then is hiring one person or at least perhaps moving someone into a dedicated marketing ops role then. But what profile should that person have and how do you think they should be set up for success? Yeah. And I've said before, I think there should be a CMO and the first hire should be a marketing ops person. Again, that might be a bit of an arrogant, misguided statement and it's very simple to put it that way. But Remember what I said about 80% of a marketing process being marketing operations activity. Mm -hmm. So how many companies fill their marketing departments with that in mind? They don't. They get talented marketers and then you're diluting them. Mm. You're not getting the results you want from them. And even if you are getting results from them, they're not as good as they could be if you've got a star team around them to support them, to allow them to be brilliant. So having that strong team means that you've got to hire at least one person that understands marketing operations and can make it happen. So that one hire, I would suggest, is not just a tool user, a tech user, a marketo and a local a Salesforce user. I would suggest it's somebody that understands the breadth of marketing operations and can really understand how to make an impact in marketing and the business by adopting the skill sets and the methodology, really. Yeah. And do you think they need to have been in a marketing ops role before then? Or do you think they just need to be showing certain traits then in the job that they're doing right now? Here's where it's tricky, right? And we've had a preamble conversation around this, but for you to hire someone in marketing operations, they either need to be someone like me who understands and is invested in and deep-rooted marketing operations. Yeah. But there are lots of people out there, particularly younger people that don't even know they're in a marketing operations world. They think that they're a tool user, a marketo user, a Salesforce user or whatever, or they will think that they are an admin or a supplier manager or something like that. So when you write an advert to attract a marketing operations person, it's quite difficult to know it will get under their nose. Mm. And likewise, the definition is not written. So it's even more difficult to write the job profile. It's tough. And I'm not going to say it's an easy thing for you to do, but there is definitely a mindset to an operations person. And I've always called it dreaming and doing. So dreaming is a real creative marketers mm. and the doing, the actual making things happen is a marketing operations skill. Mm. 
So you can find it in people that don't identify as marketing operations. You just need to find somebody that's very good at doing. And I think of the mindset of marketeers who have that sort of thought about, okay, well, how could this process be improved? How could we use automation to actually give us time back? Absolutely. You know, they just get passionate about that. You find they're in the tools more than perhaps doing the writing or something like that. So they kind of lean to it sort of naturally. Absolutely. And well, we don't want to give Scott Brinker any more kudos than we've already given him, but there's 9,000 tools out there. Yeah. So you need somebody that's invested in understanding that and researching that and knowing how they can bring that new technology and functionality back to your business. Are you going to put your star striker on that? Mm-hmm. Or are you just going to dilute them further? So you need to make sure you've got somebody that can bring that to your table. Makes sense. And let's say we're talking about a business that has a marketing ops team in place already then. What two or three things should they be doing to make it best in class? Yeah, so I've seen a lot of companies that have marketing operations or MOPS people, inverted commas for the podcast, people who are doing the roles and have the skills, maybe not even called that. I've seen MOPS people who are in different departments in the business, insights and data intelligence, and arguably it's all the same thing if it's contributing to marketing activity. But what I would say is if you really want to see success from your marketing operations team, you need to get them a seat at the table. And not all of them, not every single one of them, but definitely at least a leader or at least somebody that's going to represent marketing operations as an improvement to the business, not just as people who are going to execute some orders from higher up, you know, from a CMO or coming out of a board meeting. Marketing operations is a real business improvement. Mm. It's there to, as I say, find efficiency in processes. That's business improvement. It's there to read data and analyze it and understand how you can replicate winning campaigns or prevent wasting money on ones that don't work. That's a business improvement. So you have to get them at the table and you have to feed them with all the data that they can then turn into something useful for you. So anybody who has mops, make them something and get them a seat at the table. Yeah, because you talk about, I think, in one of your talks that you've done for B2B marketing about strategy becoming strategy first and then marketing ops next. I'm assuming that some businesses kind of work the other way then. They get the tech solution in place and think, oh, do you know what? We probably need some help around this and then think about marketing ops. Definitely. And when I say strategy first, it's kind of strategy before tool, not necessarily before marketing ops. Marketing ops, I think, should be up there helping you with your strategy because they're going to know the tools. They're going to know what works and what doesn't work. But what I mean by that is it's magpie syndrome. You know, it's pretty bright, shiny thing. I need, I need, I need. And if you're a large business, then you fortunately have the ability to purchase tools without too much effort. And I know there will be RFP processes. And I know you'll say you've got a stringent procurement process or whatever, but ultimately, let's all be very honest. If there's a tool that you want and you believe in it enough, you will get it if you can afford it. So what I mean by strategy first is understand that that tool is going to deliver everything you need. I've seen tools being purchased and then taken out because they didn't work in a European market as well as an American one or so on and so forth. But your marketing operations people, they will be obsessed with technology. They will understand what's out there. They will be in dark rooms on digital conferences and reading books and geeking out and whatever's out there. And they're going to help you define that strategy and then make those decisions. But strategy first, who are you? What are you doing? What do your customers even want? It's not even about you. It's about your customers. You know, Create something that they want then build some process, get your technology, execute, monitor, and then prove whether it worked or it didn't. Yeah. And a hot topic now at the moment I'm hearing lots of people talking about is leads. You know, how do we define a lead? What is an MQL? What's an SQL? Should we be focusing on MQLs? Because 
there's a lot of noise about companies really sort of driving money behind getting MQLs. But actually, when you look at the conversion rates of MQL to sale, it's pretty small. You know, the return isn't great. It's as simple as that. You know, you've just said it like that. So can I get you loads of leads? Yeah. How many do you want? Give me whatever number you've got yeah. and I will get you those leads. What I won't necessarily get you is quality leads that will convert. Yeah. So the tool is going to work for you. The tool is going to go, oh, look up these leads. It's brilliant. But actually, if they're just a waste of your time, it's actually bad for your business. It's actually going to hurt you. It's going to cost you more in resource and wasted time and reputation. So all that is strategy. And you really need to understand who you are as a business it's the ABM wave that's happening at the minute. By the way, ABM is as old as time. It is just marketing. Good marketing. <laughs> it is just marketing. And again, I've got some great examples. Somebody sent me a cake many years ago, and that was the best ABM experience I've ever had. And then they called us up and said, can we have a chat? Of course, I've got crumbs. Yeah. Around my mouth. I can't say no. <laughs> and before you know it, we ended up doing a lot of business with that. That's great ABM. That didn't come from a piece of tech. No. That came from insight. It was our birthday as a business. They sent us a cake, you know, it was all quite nice. It came through some insights and some research and great creative ideas. But the execution, your MOPS team would have done that and would mm. have helped you with it. And do you think we get a bit too focused on the tech? I mean, tech companies are pretty good at marketing to us. And, you know, you go on a website and you're consuming their content. It's powerful stuff. It's witchcraft almost as well. You know, and you have to be careful not to look too deeply into their eyes or they'll get you because this is marketers, yes. marketing technology. Yes. I mean, what's not to want or have from that technology? They're going to tell you it's amazing. Then they're going to convince you in such a great way because they're marketers. Mm. It's a really good point you make, actually. We're almost becoming paralyzed by the amount of technology, the functionality it has. It's all starting to duplicate its own functionality as well. You'll get an inbound marketing tool that's now positioning itself as an AB tool mm. as well as a great crm you must have a crm already and now you've got duplicated functionality mm. how do you manage that it's all strategy and you need to stay very blinkered about what it is you want to achieve the tools you're going to use the processes you're going to go through to get that otherwise more dilution right. of your time and your effort and your resources yeah and where do you see marketing ops heading now then Oh, crikey. The definition is still being written right. So that's where we are. We are in amongst this, I guess it's adolescence. We're growing up. My prediction is it's going to get very tech heavy very quickly. And that's not just in marketing operations, by the way, that's in marketing. Mm. You know, give me one wrong that's performed without using a piece of technology, even if it's using Excel. You know, I can't fathom a role that's not using tech, although you're probably going to have all your listeners writing in now to give me a role, but it's going to become very heavy. You're going to have more tools. The tools are starting to purchase each other and amalgamate as well. Adobe, Salesforce, Microsoft buying up different applications. Mm. The one ring to rule them all kind of tech that's happening at the minute. Mops will lead your intelligence though. And I think it's really important for you to know that they're not just going to be tech users. It's somewhere where I think you should be really thinking about smart people that are going to help you to produce the best campaigns. And I think that's going to start to make a slower insurgence than technology is. But I guess the last thing for me as well, which is my prediction, and I've been saying it for probably 12 months now, and it's going to be the next couple of years, is integration. Mm. Those 9,000 tools are disconnected right now. And an operations person is horrified by that because you want one journey and you want efficiency and you want it to be easy and quick to get through your process. So 
There are now low code, no code, and lots of crazy dark cupboard code. They're making a really big growth spurt into the technical space. And I can see there being lots of services sold in the integration world. Yeah, I think no code's a real big area at the moment, isn't it? I mean, the ability to actually get onto certain tools and connect them together. I mean, Zappy is obviously an example of that, which most people will know about. But there are so many no code tools that allow you to build things even. I think that's going to be a big space as well. I don't know if you can actually answer this one, but what's your favorite MarTech tool then? One that you couldn't live without? Are you kidding me? Right, 9,000 tools and I've got to pick one. (laughs) Well, look, there's so many of them out there and I could talk about bits of functionality and bits of tools that I think is cool. But if I have to, if I'm forced into a corner, we specialize in workflow management. So that's tools that can be a simple to-do list, collaboration tools that then integrate everybody else's to-do list so that you can farm work to each other. And that goes all the way through the complexity to driving campaigns out the door, integrating suppliers into that system, Mm. and then offering really good management information as to how much it costs you for your marketing department to run, how much each campaign costs, how long it took you, make big decisions as a business using that tool. So we use Workfront, just been bought by Adobe. Right. Another statement of the power of that tool and how good it is. So if I had to pick one, that's the one that I utterly can't live without, I guess. Whether it's Trello, whether it's Workfront, yeah. whether it's Rike, Jira, yeah. Monday.com, I can go on and on. Or whether you are using an Excel spreadsheet to your own standards and your own ability, that's absolutely fine. Yeah. But what you are seeing is operations people are not going to leave it to chance. It will all be written down. It will all be managed. You'll understand when you need to do it and what is the predecessor that needs to be completed before you complete the next thing. (laughs) And that's where efficiency is driven from. Yeah, great stuff. So where should people go to learn more about this? You know, we speak to a lot of marketing ops people that are the only marketing ops person in a business. You know, they're not necessarily reporting into other marketing ops people. For them then in particular, where do you think they should go to learn more to interact with people like yourself and their peers? Fortunately, unlike 25 years ago, there's now a real growth of places for you to go and have conversations or learn. And there's an interesting wave happening at the minute where communities are being born, but there's not an awful lot of interaction. There's not a lot of conversation. It's more around reading, learning, educating, taking things on. So if you go somewhere and there's not the conversation that you want, don't worry too much about that. Just preen out of it what you need. But first thing I would say is B2B marketing, obviously. They've created not just a place for marketing operations, but actually the place the communities go for, for all marketers. So I'm marketing operations. There's also strategy and data, customer experience, campaigns. It goes on and on. So they're building and always have, you know, for the last 17 years have built a place for people to go and discuss and find new things. So you'll find me there as well as some of the other experts. There's podcasts popping up all over the place, just like this. I have a podcast myself that's helping us with another MOPS expert, Simon Daniels. We've put this podcast together primarily to help write the definition. So we invite leaders one in marketing operations and one in marketing. And we invite them onto the show to discuss with us what they think marketing operations is and what it looks like and what the definition is to them. 
Is it a tussle? Are they, hang on, I want this. No, no, I don't want that. I want this. <laughs> of anything, it's been an educational piece for me. Yeah. Because I've learned so much talking to these people and the senior people within organisations and what they think marketing operations is. And every single one of them is different. Yeah. There are a few themes coming through, but it's whatever your business needs it to be. And actually, your definition is the thing that matters mm. in your business and how you behave back to that strategy, back to that finding out what you are before you go and execute it. Mm. So that podcast is called What's Mops Got To Do With It? And there's a website where you can pick it up on whatsmops.com. There's lots of others out there as well, Mops Pros and different MarTech conferences going out. My advice to anyone who wants to know more is surround yourself with the family, with the community, even LinkedIn. There's lots and lots of thought leadership and white papers going on to LinkedIn now, which is free content for you to just go and consume, build up your network, talk to people. Now is the time to get really immersed in marketing operations. It's coming out of the ashes right now. Well, it's been fascinating to talk to you. The whole fact that we're having a conversation here, to me, says that marketing is becoming even more sophisticated. So it's been a real pleasure. Thank you very much for sharing your knowledge. No problem at all. Thank you very much for having me. Pleasure. So that's it for another episode of the Market Mentors podcast. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, then please leave a review as that helps the channel going forward. Until next time. <laughs>